welcome to the ALN podcast series. If you like what you're hearing, you can find this and other podcasts, videos, papers, and more at assetleadership.net. Today's episode is brought to you by the Andrew James Advisory Group. AJAG provides training in the ISO 55000 standard, and our world-class training qualifies students to take the ALN A55K certification exam, an industry recognition of an individual's knowledge of the standard. Certified individuals add value to any organization's asset management initiatives. Realizing your ISO 55000 vision need not be painful. Visit us at www.andrewjamesadvisory.com to see how we can help. Now, enjoy the podcast. Welcome, everyone, to ALN Thursday at 4. I'm Mike Bordenaro, Communications Director for the Asset Leadership Network. And today we're very excited to have Chris Lyle. Chris is now Vice President of Planning and Asset Management. Did I get that right? I was close enough, Asset Planning and Management. Asset Planning and Management. And we're gonna talk about that title. Uh, And we're excited because uh, Chris uh, has presented uh, with us in the past and uh, he's moved up the ladder at the Western Area Power Administration. And uh, we'll be able to hear about uh, how he uh, moved up the ladder and what he's doing now. But first, uh, we'd like to uh, thank our uh, organizational members. uh, And uh, this month, the uh, Alan Thursday at Four is being sponsored by Uberlytics and its sister company, Mentor APM. They are now co members of the Asset Leadership Network. Uberlytics helps organizations build better risk based asset management programs. Mentor APM is a cloud based asset performance management plus work software for complex organizations to improve on mission success extend uptime and deliver on digitization. So thank you for your patience as uh, we got that. Now we get to get into the heart of the subject, which is talking with Chris. So Chris, you've presented at the uh, National Academy of Sciences uh, when we were back in the old days meeting in person. That's right. And uh, uh, your CEO, uh, Mark Gabrielle has uh, presented to us. He said everybody should be using ISO 55000. So um, we'd like to start with uh, how do you got to where you're at now in your asset management journey? So you give us a little background? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I, I've been at WAPA since around 2008. Um, I started down in our Phoenix region um, as a project manager and a, a capital planner uh, down there. And being a capital planner, you are always trying to look at data. Hopefully that supports projects that you want to move forward and and you know back in 08 there wasn't any data you know to really use so um you know th- that was kind of the impetus for for me seeing a need for asset management even if i didn't know what it was called back then and then i got right. into uh the customer service portion of wapa really uh being the liaison between wapa and our our wholesale customers um and then uh, jumped into power marketing for a bit, and then eventually migrated over into asset management when when asset management was stood up as a formal program at WAPA in 2015. And then uh, was a AM specialist there for a couple of years, and then I got to jump into the lead role um, about almost three years ago now. 
So ISO 55000 came out in 2014. So you guys followed up really quickly. And I guess you found ISO 55000 right away. Yeah, if you look at our documentation um, that we have that supports our program, it's, it's uh, clearly identified uh, that, we, that we strive to meet the intent of 55000. Um, the way we have our documentation laid out, the way we um, have all of our processes and things documented, it, it's pretty clear that, that, that we move that direction. Um, uh, uh, are we certified? Uh, we're not. We're not certified, uh, just primarily because we're a federal agency, um, and the um, effort it would take uh, to get certified uh, would be greater than the than the value it would bring us as a federal agency um, with our customers. You know, we're really customer focused at WAPA, so we just have to be careful on on how much uh, time and effort we invest in things that um, that they they find value in. Okay, would there ever be a time when uh, the numbers worked out that it would be worth getting certified? Um, uh, likely not from a, a, a federal perspective from, from our side, uh, just primarily because um, we have around 17,000 miles of transmission line that we're, that we're managing. Um, we have around 15 states and WAP has very few employees. Like we only have 1,400 employees total uh, most transmission transmission companies that do what we do would likely have in the neighborhood of you know four to five thousand employees. So, um, there you know we are stretched really thin. So so maybe at some point when the when the program is AM program is really established and we don't have a whole ton of workload ahead of us, um, then we could potentially look at something yeah. like that. But right now so that'll we're not be there. Nev that'll be never. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe Mike. I don't know. Um, and then um, your colleagues at uh, Bonneville and the Army Corps of Engineers created a informal working group, didn't you? What have you learned from uh, working with your uh, other federal agency colleagues? Yeah, so our, our friends at the Bureau of Reclamation, Corps of Engineers, uh, Bonneville Power, uh, we typically meet once a quarter, maybe three times a year. And uh, just share, you know, best practices. Um, what are we doing as far as, you know, evaluation of assets? How are we reporting those assets out? Um, and, you know, what, what that has really uh, shown to me is, you know, first that we're very fortunate at WAPA that we only have uh, electrical transmission assets that we're de we're dealing with. We don't have any of the generation assets. We don't have any of the other uh, components that our friends at the other agencies do. Uh, so I'm, I feel very fortunate that we have a a scope of assets ahead of us that is very um, within the realm of reason. You know, our, our other uh, friends that, that are on, on the generating agency side, like the Bureau or um, the Corps of Engineers, there are so many moving parts uh, to those assets and they're really hard to get a, a handle on. And at least a WAPA mm -hmm. parts, at least they're, they're stationary. They're electrical assets, they don't move. Uh, so <laughs> we feel, but but it, it's been a great experience with, with those friends at our other agencies, just because you know, sometimes misery loves company, right? And it, it, since we've all been in development, it's really awesome to see how they've developed and we can kind of steal some other stuff that, that, that we find valuable too, so it's awesome. What if you uh, turned it on yourself and used uh, asset management for fleet and personal property? Yeah, so that's the direction that, that we are moving as well. Um, you know, when, when we first stood the program up, it was called transmission asset management or transmission asset planning and management. Um, and we have since dropped the transmission part because we are getting into other assets that, that we see 
uh, add value as far as sh shedding some transparency on when it comes to health and consequence and, and even just how you plan and move these assets around like like fleet you know so those are areas that we are getting into um, uh, even uh, like network equipment and things that don't, don't typically uh, fall within the lines of what, what most people would think are assets within a, a transmission organization like us. Okay. So um, as you get into these others, what kind of auditing, well, and with your existing, what kind of internal audits do you do, do, you do that help you know you're following ISO 55,000 or what are, what are some, how do you, how do you manage, uh, manage it without the outside uh, view? Sure. Yeah, so I, I, there are a couple of things that we do internally to help us manage. Um, one, we, we have an internal audit group that specifically uh, looks at our own internal processes within WAPA. And obviously we, we are just within the WAPA walls as far as a functional program. Uh, so um, we are on the radar of that internal audit group. Um, they ask us uh, annually, you know, what areas that, that we could potentially need help in. Um, and we identify that and they do their own internal audits and, and, and uh, identify areas that, that we could get better in. Um, and just on a, on a monthly basis, we uh, have a number of processes in place that, that we use for, uh, for data cleanup and data quality on, you know, on, the, on the asset help side. Um, just identifying uh, data gaps, missing your bad data, and, and, and we have processes in place to, to, to correct that uh, before it gets too bad and before we start spitting out um, erroneous information that consumers could be basing decisions off of. Okay, so you do have systems in place. That's, uh, that's good. So then I wonder how your asset management is helping you deal with issues like sustainability and if it helps in addressing climate issues. Um, are you seeing any benefits in those areas? You know, one of the areas, I mean, I wouldn't say, uh, because we're always operating uh, to the standards of, of the bulk electric system and, and, the, and the standards are kind of independent of, of, of climate. Essentially, we just gotta be up and running and functional, be able to transport and transmit power um, with, with uh, you know, re regard to, to, to consumers on, on the other end of that, that bulk electric power. Um, but, you know, it's just really helping us, you know, our AM program is really helping us uh, figure out where to invest uh, like everybody, we have we have limited money, limited dollars to spend. Um, where are the most critical components? So criticality, and then um, tying that to, to health of the asset. So that's one area that this program has really, I think, helped WAPA with. Is you know back, you know, in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when I was doing capital planning. You know, you, you, a lot of those decisions were based on 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 people's knowledge in their heads and talking to many different people. There really wasn't any clear identified scoring system that we used. Um, and when we stood the program up in 2015, it, it really standardized uh, how we evaluate information coming in from our field crews, the inspections that they're doing. Um, it assigned a, a, a scoring threshold uh, to these assets that is used consistently across all four regions at WAPA. And um, and then, you know, as you know, the one of the key components of, of good asset management is really understanding uh, the consequence of that failure if an asset fails, so you can come up with, with the risk. Uh, before, you would have to talk to seven or eight different functional groups at WAPA, 
uh, about these specific assets. And it was really hard to kind of conceptualize what that consequence looked like. And now we have a, a pretty standard process for gathering that data annually, assigning a you know, numerical number to consequence and overlaying that with our health and coming up with, with risk-based scores. So I think that's really just helped us really focus on the, you know, criticality of the bulk electric system um, and that just supports you know any climate issues that may be changing the background that we are um, unaware of. Oh, uh, we know about uh, asset uh, management failures with PG&E and uh, how uh, disastrous that has been. Uh, one of the things they're doing is uh, setting up, uh, I don't know the proper terms, but uh, breakers so that they can shut down smaller areas and respond to wind conditions faster. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they're also doing a lot more cleanup along their lines. Uh, is that asset management thoughts or activities that you're performing? Yeah, so uh, kind of along the lines of the first example that you gave as far as um, you know, resetting uh, different relays and things like that, um, that could be accomplished more easily on the, on the distribution side of, of, a, of a utility. Um, and, and, you know, that, that really is beneficial for folks like PG&E. Uh, but WAPA deals only in transmission. So all of our, our, all of our lines are 69,000 volts uh, or greater. Um, most of them are 230 or 345,000 volts or, or even out in California, 500,000 volt lines. Um, and, and you can't uh, use relays the same way on a large scale transmission uh. Uh, system uh, like that. But uh, to your second point, uh, part of our, our AM program is, is the uh, collection of field inspection results. And that collection, um, you know, we inspect our lines at, at minimum uh, once a year. Those inspection results are documented uh, on, on a mobile device. That, mo that mobile device is GPS enabled. It knows right where it's at, so it knows what structure you're at. So the, the field crews that are inspecting those, uh, they don't have to um, put much thought into making sure they're on the right structure, where they're at with, with respect to the rest of our system. Uh, it pulls up the structure data. Uh, they do their inspections, which include uh, vegetation management. And uh, if, if any veg issues are identified, then our vegetation management crews go out and, and deal with those veg problems as far as part of the uh, inspection results. Is this tower data something that happened as a result of launching the asset management program in 2015? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you know we, we've always inspected our, our transmission lines, but we really didn't have a, a great way of, of documenting uh, the inspections, uh, rolling that inspection data up into um, a, a health score for, for that structure itself, and then rolling it up into a larger health score for the transmission line segment. So uh, that is really when um, you know the formal AM program uh, kind of got into the, the into the weeds for lack of a better word. <laughs> on, 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 on taking the, the data from the field and turning it into information that people could actually make decisions on. You know, it's one of those things that we've always done the inspections, we've always documented, may have been on paper, uh, but, but now you can see it displayed pretty clearly on our GIS system and, uh, and it, it drives um, our veg management decisions as, as far as where we need to focus our attention at. Excellent, excellent. So um, how would you say the program has grown in the six short years. It seems like it's come a long way, um, or that's too much. What are some of the more recent 
asset management initiatives that you've put in place once you became vice president and had a little bit more authority? Well, you know, one of the frustrations, well, let's say, uh, you know, one of the things that, that that frustrated me back when I was a capital planner uh, for for WAPA is is really not not having a centralized place where you could go for for asset information, um, and then having it uh, in, in in a position uh, that you could actually make decisions off that data, and that's really where we've been moving to uh, for sure. Like the last couple of years, is you know a lot of the data that we uh, produce or the information we produce from the field inspections coming in. Um, is really awesome, but it's it's trapped in, in tabular format. And and folks like us that are in asset management that that work with it all day long, we can kind of see where the issues are. But it's it causes two problems. One, if it's in tabular format, uh, it's really hard for other people to, to make decisions off of it. It's really not not consumable. It's not uh, appealing to look at. Uh, so we're, we're moving, you know, like a lot of folks are, to a different platform called Power BI. And it, it pulls in information from many different systems and puts it all in place, allows folks to drill down into the data as they want to um, and, and visualizes it. You know, so it uses our GIS maps, um, creates heat maps, things like that. And for me, what that does is, is it really helps the capital planners a lot because it helps them kind of see where the issues are at on the system, and helps them prioritize projects based on our data. But second, uh, and this is the most important part, I think, is that you know, this data uh is, is now available on you know iphones or, or tablets or, or whatever uh for our field crews and really the field crews are the ones that are inputting the data on the upstream side of this and really and really feeding it all down to us and without them in the past getting appropriate feedback as far as this is this is what your results look like um you know in a report in a format that is that is, that is consumable um they really had no reason to make their data collection better. And now they're seeing how that data is used or seeing how it lays out on a map. And I think it is encouraging some of our field inspectors and stuff to, to do a better job with initial data collection, and which, which, which just helps all of us in the end, right? Excellent. I like to say that visualization of data allows people to say, I see what you're talking about related to some very complex subjects. So that really improved your decision-making capabilities? Uh, well, we're getting there. I wouldn't say it's perfect yet. Um, okay. Uh, this is something that, that we, we, you know, we, we have all the, uh, we, we have all the formatting and stuff built. We have all, all the, all the, uh, the, the systems built. Um, we are just getting ready to roll this out in the next four or five months um, actually ah. for, for people to consume. So um, we're getting there and I'm really hanging my hat on it. Well, we'll have you back in uh, a year and you can tell us, uh, how it, how it is. Sounds good. Um, but uh, while we still have you now, um, there are some other questions that are coming in. Um, uh, and they kind of tie in with something you said you had done earlier when you were doing customer relations, uh, stakeholder involvement. ISO 55001, 4.3, I believe, and five other times. So what are you, as vice president of asset planning and management, are you having stakeholder meetings and with power companies uh, that supply you? Are you, do you think you're encouraging any of them to get into ISO 55,000? 
Yeah, so so uh, a, a customer to WAPA is is somebody that takes uh, bulk electric from us. You know, so we are essentially taking hydroelectric power out of out of hydro dams, um, out of federal hydro dams, uh, shipping across country over our fifteen states to to end use customers um, or 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 those companies that distribute it. So you know, Arizona Public Service or or we we have we have around seven hundred customers that likely people that you all pay your electric bills to in some areas, um, those are our customers. So the reason stakeholder engagement is so important to us um, and how it translates, you know, asset management data down to them is, you know, anything that I do on the transmission side or WAPA does on the transmission side, as far as projects and costs uh, directly impacts the rates that our customers have to pay monthly. So we readjust our rates usually annually. Um, so they they want to know they want to know uh, why are we doing projects? Uh, how do you validate them? How do you justify? What's the data um, behind these projects that that require them to be done? And you know, as they're seeing our data, um, it, it hopefully gives them a little bit more reassurance that we're investing in the right areas. But also, what it does is, you know, most of our our customers operating distribution systems of their own. You know, so they have their own power lines that they're that they're working with. Uh, so um, a lot of them have shown interest in, oh, shoot, WAPA's doing this and, and they're producing this kind of data uh, using an AM program. Um, we, we should look at, at setting up a, a uh, you know, a system very similar to theirs as well, as far as uh, uh, asset management and, and leveraging what they've already uh, learned themselves. Excellent. Um, and do you think uh, any of them would be interested in a free presentation from the Asset Leadership Network? Uh, yeah, I have no idea. It, it's, it's really hard. You know, on the federal side, it's really hard, right? With, uh, with I got to be careful. I'm not uh, promoting certain things or I don't want to end up in jail, Mike. I want to I make sure I, I uh, right. am, am uh, and, uh, you know, making strides towards visualizing my data. I can't do it from prison. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do this. Uh, we do these presentations and make them public for everybody. And Perfect. Yeah. Address that. So, um, but uh, we're stuck. We're starting a um, asset. Uh, no, an electric utility asset leadership board. Okay. And through that organization, we're going to be out reaching out to uh, um, associations and individual uh, uh, companies. The brief. Gotcha. Executives and uh, somebody from the IEEE is interested in having you present to the IEEE already. So I'll, I'll okay. tell you more about that later. But uh, cool. uh, you've got a wealth of information uh, that's very useful. Um, but 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 we, we have a bunch of limitations too. I I, I don't want to represent us as as having this perfection because uh, you know we're five years into this now and five years in you're like oh shoot now we know the limitations and and. Uh, now we know how much we have to fix as well. So, yeah. Um, so uh, let's get back to your title. Yep. I love that it's asset planning and management. Were you involved in creating that title, or I, I wasn't involved, and so, I, so I can make a couple of assumptions. Um, so looking back now, you know, we're we're, we're five years, six years into this. Uh, so, so if I was renaming it today, I would just call it asset management. But I, I likely know why asset planning and asset, and asset planning and management was used back in 2015. 
Um, and it's all around, you guys probably hear this all the time. It's all around culture change. You know, I mean, getting the culture changed around what asset management is, how it can provide value um, is, is one of the biggest hurdles. I think that any AM program probably faces its first five years of life. So um, our main goal in life is, is informing uh, our regional capital planning uh, efforts. So, so we have four regions that are all doing capital planning. Um, and so really to help that culture change, we probably needed to include uh, the word planning in the title initially, just to get people wrapped around like, oh, this, this program or this department helps support our capital planning efforts. Um, and, and the same way with our customers, you know, if, if we were standing up a, a, new, a new program and they didn't completely understand the value or the need, if, if we tied asset planning into the title um, with, with management, uh, then it would, it would be easier for them to make that leap as far as what the value and the purpose of, of the program was, is, is my guess. But it just makes sense because you can't manage something without a plan. And ISO 55001 uh, 4.1 says you shall have a strategic asset management plan that reflects the objectives of the organization. So it's an immediate tie to mission yep. from your strategic plan. So I love the title. Um, and then um, uh, before uh, we went live, we said that uh, there might be uh, some things that you said that, uh, you know, were really good. And I think we've got a slam dunk here. Uh, we've got a question about if you're not getting certified to ISO 55001 and it's not worth the money and time, why is ISO 55000 so important? Well, uh, just the structure of it, and we, we see a lot of value in the structure, you know, and um, the, the way our program is laid out uh, uh, really lines up well with, with 55,000 and one, and it, it, it just helps us, you know, um, especially with something new, you know, and, and people are trying to get their brains wrapped around just having that structure has really helped. You know, the, the one area, uh, and, and I was just asked this yesterday, I was on the phone with, with my friends from Arizona Public Service talking about their AM program and, and, and what and the direction they're wanting to take it. And one of their questions was, um, how, how do you, monetize the value of AM and, and how do you know things are significantly different than they were prior to AM? And I think that's just one of, that's one of the challenges, you know, that, that I've been working on with, with our strategy group at WAPA is um, how can you help me figure out uh, the monetary value of having an AM program in place and, and where, where would we be without it? You know, so um, that's, that's one of the next challenges I think for the, for the upcoming years is figuring out, um, you know, what projects are getting worked um, or, or not worked that, that, that wouldn't have been around um, with that asset management data supporting it. Excellent. Well, um, the Asset Leadership Network, along with our colleagues in Australia, are working to develop a uh, template for ROI. So there'd be categories of information and okay. all the ROIs won't be apples to oranges. There'll be in a format where it's the same and people can read multiple case studies and get a sense of the value. Um, gotcha. So uh, we'll let you know about that. Uh, we hope to have a webinar in uh, September. Maybe you can watch that and see some things that uh, will help you identify how cool. to support those value. Um, 
And uh, we have had a, a lot of questions. Many of the things that I was asking you were questions that have come in and we've made it through all of them. We've gotten some good comments uh, in the chat also. So I think we've covered uh, everything we need to, unless there's anything that you wanted to say that I haven't asked you yet. I don't know. I mean, this is the most fun you can possibly have, right? Where you're, you're dealing with field crews, you're dealing with actual, you know, work, you know, that, that, that is, is your main mission in life, uh, but you're, you're supporting the business side. So to me, asset management, I mean, I, I don't know, I, I would almost do this stuff for free, Mike. So I'm, I'm glad to talk about it. I'm glad to be with you guys this afternoon. And thanks for having me. Well, thank you. Uh, you've been a highly informed guest, uh, very passionate about your subject. And you, you, you got, there were a lot of questions that I was asking came from uh, people like Art Curlin, who has already done ISO 55000 at his uh, uh, university. Yeah, you're, you're familiar with him. So uh, uh, thank you. And uh, just wanted to uh, thank uh, Uberlytics and Mentor Graphics uh, uh, Mentor APM uh, for sponsoring uh, this month and uh, thank our other uh, patrons and uh, organizational members. And then uh, next week, uh, one of the audience members who was making comments is Dr. Annette Kemp-Dern and uh, Jim Dieter will be talking with her and, and we're really looking forward to getting a German perspective on asset management. Uh, so thank you, Dr. Uh, Camp Dern in advance. And Chris, once again, thank you for supporting us in the past. And again, uh, today has uh, been very helpful and informative. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. And we would like to thank the Andrew James Advisory Group for their sponsorship. For more information about AJAG and their services, please visit www.andrewjamesadvisory.com or email info at andrewjamesadvisory.com. You can find this and other podcasts, videos, papers, and more at assetleadership.net.